0: This podcast is brought to you by Never Done Branding University, a community of entrepreneurs that are serious about leveling up their brand, sales, and impact. Become a member today and get access to the community, to where you can network and collaborate with like-minded individuals, along with joining us for our live short-form video tutorials, where I show you how I film, edit, and so much more when it comes to video. And oh, I got you when it comes to marketing and showing you how to use social media to get your ideal customer. And of course, you get exclusive video of this podcast. So what are you waiting for? Head over to NeverDoneBranding.club and become a member of the community that has never done branding. Because if you're serious about your business, neither should you. See you in the community. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast that has never done branding Where we talk about all things entrepreneurship And not just the glitz and glam that you're used to seeing on Instagram But we really get real From breaking down topics and teaching you all things branding To even teach you how to market yourself on social media And of course, I have interviews with entrepreneurs from all walks of life To really talk about their experience and break down entrepreneurship for real. So if this is your first time here, make sure you favorite the podcast and also follow us on all social media platforms so that you can be a part of the community that is never done branding. I'm your host, Nasir a brand and marketing strategist. So let's get into today's episode. <laughs> Today's interview is with social media influencer and strategist Whitney Kay. And I'm excited for you guys to listen in on today's episode because this interview, Whitney really does open up about her journey as an entrepreneur. And I'm sure a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we have so many things that we can do. And that's what she talked about as she was doing this and that and this and that to keep her business afloat because she felt like that's what she needed to do. But in actuality, she didn't realize that she was learning so much into the process. And it's actually helped her narrow down to what she is doing today. And we also talk about motherhood as an entrepreneur and all of the things. So let's just listen in and let's give a warm welcome to the amazing Whitney Kay. Hello, Whitney. Welcome to the Never Done Reading podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing so well. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So uh, Whitney is actually another individual that I met on Clubhouse, which I've talked about Clubhouse a few times here on um, the podcast already, which you guys can check the show notes and give me a follow if you don't already so that you can be live with me. Uh, But Whitney, uh, we met on Clubhouse and you're all things social media, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. Social media strategy, all of that and above. Yes. I
0: love that. I love that. Well, before we get uh, started into today's interview, I have a segment called... It's time for Attitude for Gratitude. Gratitude. Because as you guys know, I like as an entrepreneur, you should always be grateful for the things that you have because it's what really helps move you forward and pushes you uh, to do things. So Whitney, what are you uh, grateful for? Oh
1: gosh. I mean... Out of family and just all of those things, I would honestly say my skill set, um, mm-hmm. my drive and skill set because I think as an entrepreneur, like we're always learning and evolving right, and we don't stop to realize what the hell got us here in the first place. Yeah. and it's those skills that we've developed and it's the skill set that we have. so, I am so grateful for my skill set and the knowledge I've obtained and learned and now apply today. So I would say I
0: that. love, I love that, and that's uh, I actually talk a little bit about like in my episode one, and also in a in an episode that I actually. Yeah, and another uh, another episode as well where I talk about you know my my skill sets and how how much it's helped me within my life and how when I was little I was kind of obsessed with doing new things all the time because it's like I feel like when you also have certain levels of skill sets not everybody can kind of do those things so you become yeah. a little bit more valuable as an individual you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> like Absolutely. you can do five things versus somebody that can do two things and like it's like I might as well go th- with the person that can help me in five different areas rather than just two so. Yeah. So we know that you're within social media but before we kind of like really get to that like what made you really want to be an entrepreneur was that kind of like in your Ooh. childhood cards
1: <laughs> um you know what it might have been and i just maybe didn't pay attention to it i come from a family of entrepreneurs going back to my great great grandfather and then my grandfather and then my dad all of the above um but really what set my entrepreneurial journey on fire was the fact that I was working as a marketing coordinator for Peerless Management Group, which is basically a company that runs um, clubs and restaurant venues up in Cincinnati, Michigan, Indiana area. Mm-hmm. And I had put on an event with another marketing coordinator, Jen, who was a really close friend of mine at the time and still to this day. And the event that we put on for the Cincinnati Reds after they won the divisional championship ended up on Good Morning America. Mm -hmm. And um, just the notoriety of the event and everything and plus the celebration that they won. And it was just really cool. And I remember my boss the next morning saying to me, oh, my gosh, turn on Good Morning America. And I saw the Reds on there and it was so cool. And they interviewed him and all this stuff. But then the next day I went to work and it was like, okay, the next event there was no acknowledgement of kind of what we did. If it, if there was an acknowledgement, it was just really quick witted and like not very much attention was given to it. And I think it was that moment that I realized, like, I will always be under the shadow of somebody else. And I already had the personality of really struggling working for people. Like, I just don't like being told what to do. I'm Uh,
0: I'm the same way.
1: (laughs) I just don't take direction from people very well. I'm just like at least, you're, at least you're
0: aware of that some people just live in delusion yeah. you know <laughs> and i
1: hate saying that because i think of all the conversations i have like this with people and i say that out loud so it's like if i ever needed to go get a job and they listen to old podcasts they're gonna be like well you said <laughs> you said you don't work well and i'd be like no please give me a job um <laughs> I, I really do think about this stuff right but anyways that's besides the point but i don't work well i don't take direction very well because i am always i'm a red personality i give direction um so with that being said, the very next day, I literally came into work and gave my resignation. I was like, I'm done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own business. I'm going to do yeah. it. I'm going to do event planning and marketing, and I'm going to go off on the races. And that did not happen. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen at all. I, the clientele that I had built up at the company was not following me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that was just a hard lesson to learn. But from that moment, I just kind of trailblazed my way through years of failure and lack of success to where mm. I am today. But I don't look at failure as a bad thing. I look at it as a stepping stone to gotten to where I am today, which is just it's mind yeah. blowing. But yeah, that's how but- I started.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing about failure is that you figure out what obviously doesn't work. So it's like you have a 50-50 chance. You either go figure out what works or what doesn't. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so it's and i like figured the-
1: out a whole bunch of things that don't.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I think a lot of people, like, they're, I-, I was talking about, like, a am um, uh, earlier this week about how i feel like a lot of people are afraid to take a pause on their entrepreneur journey and work on the back end yeah. for the things that they learned and then come back okay. and say you know what let me do it again better mm-hmm. and bigger you know and I, I feel like you learn so much in those failures and in those things that 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 may happen so within that time where you um uh, we're like, you know what? Let me just do this. Let me go out on a whim. Did you start out with like kind of like one offer, or did you start out with like a multiple different offers and try to see what worked?
1: I was doing anything that would make me money. <laughs> I I say that my business was like the corner business. Seriously, yeah. It was like if you drove by <laughs> offering, Yeah, like if you drove by offering me something, I was gonna take it. Can you do this? Sure. Yeah, no problem. I can do that. Can you do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I realized really really quick that even though I went into like the event planning business, I hate planning events. I like going to them, but don't tell me to plan them. I don't like that. I like the marketing side. So, what my my background of a graphic designer has always been there. Mm -hmm. And that has always aided and helped me in the marketing side of things because Mm -hmm. design goes hand in hand with marketing. So um I really started off with doing a lot of graphic designs. So that included logo design, website design, even graphic print t-shirts. I did for a lot of companies for businesses Mm -hmm. and events. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about what I do today, it really has nothing to do with what I started with because I was just, a snowball, like growing and growing and growing, and in the process, of learning everything that I thought I was good at doing and I like to do was not what I was intended to be doing.
0: Yeah, what
1: I do today. So, but
0: also, I, I feel like some of those things that you even talked about of like the skills is like those are also yeah. things that you may not be actively doing and working with with clients, but it's things yeah. that you have to work on and do in your business on the back end that don't necessarily get the recognition, but it's still working towards the kind of like the same goal. You know what I mean? I mean, we do
1: graphic design and stuff like that now, but it's not what I personally, like that's agency stuff. That's not what I personally do, but absolutely you're, 100%. exactly
0: because like for instance i started out literally as a graphic designer like in like high school like i got like an award yeah. and everything for like my graphic design work and photoshop was my thing i have not touched photoshop in lord knows how long you know what i mean <laughs> like i don't remember the last time i touched photoshop but that's still a skill set that i kind of like i still have with canva because it's like you mm-hmm. see what works so you see what yeah. looks good things like that but what are you going to say
1: yeah, I was gonna say, have you looked back at some of those old designs? Because I have, and I'm like, oh honey, oh, you actually got paid for that?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what is this? Oh my oh, gosh. It's
1: bad. It's bad. no
0: blending, no color balance, no yeah. nothing. <laughs> it
1: was like font on a square and it was like there, there you go.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh,
1: it's horrible, but hey.
0: Exactly. And, you know, that's the point of this podcast is that you learn to show people, not just the glamorization of entrepreneurship that I feel like a lot of people really do, you know, it's just giving people the realness of entrepreneurship and realize that there's so many components that really go into it. So with, you know, Clubhouse, because I've talked about in the beginning, that's Mm -hmm. where we kind of met. Do you feel like you've been able to get to know yourself even more as an entrepreneur with being on Clubhouse and how has that may impacted you in any type of way?
1: Yeah, I have. I think two of the biggest areas personally that I've needed to grow in, in in entrepreneurship, one was leadership. And I developed under, well, I developed that skill in the network marketing industry because I had a situation where my business kind of really blew up faster than I expected it to. So I built a huge Mm -hmm. organization there, but I didn't know how to lead People yeah. like, I am such a red, like, just do it. Like, I don't understand if you can't do it. Well, like, what's your problem? Like, just yeah. do it. Like, I'm that <laughs> yeah. type of person. I'm a tough love. I had
0: to learn that. I had,
1: yeah, I had to develop that skill. But Clubhouse taught me the skill of listening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because something you have to do and you have to do it really, really well is listen. Because I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many times in this year, I know you know this. How many times have you been on Clubhouse and somebody will be on stage or has come up the stage to ask a question? And then it goes back to a moderator, and they're like, "Oh, that's wonderful! Great share." And I'm sitting mm-hmm. there thinking, "No, they asked a question; <laughs> they weren't listening." Exactly. but Listening mm-hmm. and pitching yourself. Yeah. I, I think I needed strength in that area, and I'm still, I'm still growing in that area. I'm not great at that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would say Clubhouse helped me with listening and, and pitching my my brand.
0: That that's great. You know, I feel like that. And those are the areas that I feel like you're looking at self-reflecting as an individual and saying, what are my flaws and what could I be better at? And that's the mm-hmm. thing that I, I feel like we share in common is that we do, we're very aware of the things that are maybe considered flaws. And we yeah. understand of what we're going to say, you know, this is me, mm-hmm. this is what I deal with, but also what can I work on to be a better individual? And so yeah. I love that that's where your things are coming with when it comes to what you've learned on Clubhouse, because, like, yeah. for instance, for me, I talk about an episode one with my hospitality background of how I've I've been a manager since I was eighteen, so mm-hmm. I had to get used to learn, you know, managing people, mm-hmm. and then I was managing people three times my age, and I talk about how, mm-hmm. like, me, I learned from a guy that was sixty, and he learned from me that was a twenty one year old, you know, yeah. <laughs> and so and that's
1: that's a hard that's a hard skill to have because. Yeah. And I learned that in network marketing with leadership, Mm -hmm. having people of older than, like significantly older than me on my team, but still having to look at me as a leader. And for you to develop that at such a young age, I didn't. So good for (laughs) you. But. I mean, it. That's a, That's a true skill set to Thank have. You. So it's really awesome that you have that. I'm still perfecting that. So Thank you. I'm happy yeah. To come to you
0: for <laughs> on <that>. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've done it all. I've hired, fired across the United States. You know what I mean? And like, it's just the adapting. And that's why I talk about. I appreciate yeah. my past so much. You know. Yeah. So, but any, um, <laughs> but anyways, enough about me. But also, <laughs> I love what you said when it comes to uh, the transferableness of things too. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I also talk about this in the episode with like joe and his interview of like transferable skills and i love for people to see the commonality but also the differences of all entrepreneurs and that's the whole point of this podcast If you're enjoying today's episode, don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And oh, leave us a review because I want to hear from you and know what you think of this show. And I just may shout you out in my next episode for our community spotlight. And lastly, don't forget to share this with your friends, family, whatever entrepreneur that you know will get value from this show. So let's get back into today's episode. So I know yeah. that you're a mother, and um, yes. you know you're little. Uh, she's three years old, right? Three or two? She's
1: gonna be three next month, so okay. almost.
0: Yeah, so she's in yeah. the terrible twos. So I've <laughs> had, <laughs> I have five little sisters actually, and a lot of people actually don't know this. I have three, two on my mom's side, three on my dad's side. Uh, and I don't one get of your her. sisters
1: is my daughter's name, Kaylee. Right?
0: Yes, 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 yes. yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's the um, first one on my, the first one after me on my dad's side. Cause okay. she's like the oldest of all the girls. Um, okay. yeah, her name is Kaylee. <laughs> and, Aww. um, so with you being a mom, how do you feel like that has maybe changed you as an entrepreneur? Cause were you an entrepreneur before being a mom or mm-hmm. did you become one as, as you were? I
1: became mom? one as well, as I was a mom. So, mm-hmm. um, Ooh, that's a really good question. I think that I have had to learn one of the greatest benefits of entrepreneurship Entrepreneurships, entrepreneurship. And then also <laughs> one of the greatest downfalls is that time, time management. Yeah. So I am so grateful, thankful, and blessed to have been able to really stay home and work from home with my kids. Yeah. But with that being said, I had to really push some hard hours, like waking up at four or 5am for a couple hours before the kids get up. And then working till you know, close to midnight and sleeping on four, three to four hours of sleep, sometimes not all the time, but just, I love the ability as an entrepreneur to be able to craft your own schedule. I love that. But at the same time, you can overwork yourself and Mm -hmm. there's got to be balance and prioritizing there. And the, one of the greatest skills that I think I've ever adopted was time blocking. And yeah. like, I didn't understand that method and we don't have to go into that, but just research it. Time blocking has really helped me as a mom, yeah. but I wouldn't change it for the world. I had, I'll just say this. I've had so many people say to me and my husband with Kaylee, she just started school and she's just now going to be three. A lot of parents put their kids in school about a year and a half before this time. Yeah. And I had so many people like, she needs to be in school, she needs to be in school. Why don't you put her in school? Why don't you because we didn't have to? Yeah. Like, I mean, first of all, it's not I mean, we send our we send her to a private school, so it's not cheap. So yeah. saved us money, let's just be real. Exactly. Number one. And two, I had the ability to craft my own schedule and work from exactly. home. Did it drive me crazy? Yeah. Was yeah. it <laughs> comfortable at all times? No. Was it hard as hell? Absolutely, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I love it's, that. it's been amazing. So,
0: so do you see her being an entrepreneur just as you? Like, is your mm-hmm. husband also an entrepreneur, or
1: like how? My husband, career? my husband is not. So he's a finance director um, in the automotive industry. Um, he loves his job. He loves the income that he makes. Yeah. However, <laughs> he has started, um, he has started his entrepreneurial journey last year with my help. Um, We started a business for him. So um, I think he's at the point now of corporate America entrepreneurship. I get paid really well in corporate. I don't get paid very well in entrepreneurship. So we're trying to find just, you know, getting his feet wet Uh, with entrepreneurship, the occasional clients, and then he'll, he'll fully leave at one point or another. It's just a matter of uh,
0: when it's kind of like you taking on a client that you live with you know what i, I know.
1: mean <laughs> i know and so he's like my biggest client
0: yeah i love that <laughs>
1: and my most frustrating one at the same time
0: <laughs> yeah so do you see uh, kaylee being an entrepreneur as well like do you kind of see that in her personality because i've been on zoom with you okay. quite a few times and like she i've seen like she has a very kind of like demanding personality in a way uh-huh. a little bit so do you see mm-hmm. her being an entrepreneur
1: yeah, actually, her and even my son, my son, yeah. I mean, I remember at seven years old, he came to me and wanted to start a YouTube channel. And he's like, how do we make money off of this? Like, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, my son's already He he's 15. Now he's invested in crypto. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I see both of my children becoming entrepreneurs, but I would never push them one way or the other. Like, I just want yeah. them to be whoever they are. And Whatever I, forgot, path that I is. forgot you
0: had a son as well. Because <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I see Kaylee most of most of the time, so I forgot you. Well, had he's
1: a son. my part time child. No, I'm just kidding. He's yeah. my full time child, but we just have a shared custody, so it's that just ma- yeah. That makes we sense. We get him I part was, of the time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was um, I was the the what's the word uh, the product of a kind of like a situation like that where yeah. I would go to my dad's on the su- in the summertime. I would sit with my mom during uh-huh. the summer, um, during the school year. But then yeah. you know, certain situation happened. I talked about it in episode one uh, where I was with my dad four times. So
1: yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, I love that. So that that's great. And, you know, seeing kind of those traits that your kids even have. And uh, I have a, a interview that's coming up uh, pretty soon with like a lifestyle blogger and a mom. And okay. I think like I, what I really love is when parents teaching or helping their kids with entrepreneurship, you know what I mean? And seeing the potential that they have and getting them started already mm-hmm. so that they don't have to make the same failures or have the same hiccups or anxiety that yeah. you may have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, I know absolutely. as an, it could be so stressful to go through the yeah. things that you go through as an entrepreneur. Do you feel like that you've been able to kind of channel and maneuver, work with that stress as an entrepreneur? How, how have you yeah. been able to balance that?
1: Yeah, um, I would just say... Um, just trial and error, honestly, yeah. just trial and error. I mean, I know so many entrepreneurs that are like trying to raise children at home. They yeah. they they make their kids the reason as to why they can't work their business. Yeah. When your whole mindset has to shift there, you have to make your kids the reason you do work your business. And yeah. I would, ha- I mean, there's, when my son's in town, even though, I get him during the entire summer, during certain periods, holidays at block time. I don't stop working just because he's in town. And this is the only moment I get to see him because yeah. I call that like, and this is personal preference. I'm not shaming any parents that do it differently. This is just me. Of course, I think of that as being like Disneyland, Disneyland mom or dad. Like yeah. it's like, that's not real life. When he comes yeah. here, I'm still working and he needs to see that I'm working because Uh, he wouldn't be coming down here and getting all the luxuries in life that he gets if it wasn't for mommy and both daddies working to provide for him. So yeah, yeah, I just say a trial and error. There's no real right way of balancing, honestly.
0: Exactly. And And yeah, it's just like, how do you understand what's going to work or or if you're good at something or not good at something by not yeah. Just doing it yourself, you yeah. know. Um, so I yeah. love that. So I know that you have a um a membership called a, Sa- a social savvy influencer. So, where did actually that Instagram name come from? Because I know that started, uh, that's your Instagram name, and now kind of like, yeah, so membership.
1: that's the brand name. So, that's technically the agency. The membership is Business Savvy University. So, mm-hmm. it's really funny how that name came about. I, um, I was actually on a flight from San Francisco back to Texas a few years mm. ago. And my very first company was Bella V events, which mm. that's, that's in the toilet. We flushed that a <laughs> while ago, this one, um, I was kind of doing consulting, but I didn't have a business name cause I wasn't locked in on something. So I was flying back yeah. and I was like up in the air in the plane and I was listening to a podcast and I was listening to Julie Solomon. She has the influencers podcast. And she was interviewing maybe Amy Porterfield or somebody. And they said something like, oh, my gosh, I'm so savvy with that. And that the word (laughs) clicked because people always told me, Whitney, you're so savvy with technology. Mm -hmm. Whitney, you're so savvy with automation. Yeah. 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 And the fact that it was savvy and I was listening to Influencer, I don't look at Influencer as like a social media influencer. I look at Influencer as my brand you need to have influence in your business to sell anything. So the social media savvy and influencer, it just came to me right there on the flight and I wrote it down and I literally the next day called my lawyer and we opened up an LLC and that was it. And I kind of developed it after I had the LLC. I was like, how do Mm. I want to do this? Yeah. And immediately it was just me. And then it opened up into the agency side of things, but my membership, is business savvy university and I I love that. I love that. Yeah.
0: yeah so why did you get started like in social media? Uh, like what, what platforms do you say that you're the most savvy with? <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah. So I would say Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Pinterest are my go-tos. I am I'm just now getting into TikTok, but I am not mm-hmm. savvy there. Do not yeah. ask me TikTok questions. I have other people on my team that specialize there, not me. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say I really, I'm skilled at building Facebook communities. I have several communities there consisting of hundreds of thousands of members. And then Instagram is my jam. I just, I love the creative aspect of Instagram. I love Pinterest mm-hmm. too, just for repurposing content and just really using that as a, as a vehicle to drive traffic, website, blog, mm-hmm. wherever. And then LinkedIn, I think, is a phenomenal platform for connecting with serious entrepreneurs because people Mm -hmm. that are taking their business seriously, high-level entrepreneurs, they're there. They're yeah. there and brands and connecting yourself with brands. So every platform has its differences and its true mm-hmm. purpose. But I would say those four are my go-tos.
0: So when it comes to like social media, so since they are are vastly different, like how do you help people with actually understanding the differences between the two? And what what's that managing process like?
1: Yeah. So I kind of start with what is their goal? You know, like, I mean, that's just the go to a lot of people are on social media, because they have been told they need to be on that platform. And ultimately, like their goal is like, has nothing in alignment with that platform. So Mm -hmm. I start with the goal. And then I start with what do they truly enjoy creating? Is it video content? Is it written content? Is it no content, then we got to figure out another route. But like, (laughs) I try to figure out what they truly enjoy creating. Because if I I have a client right now that really and honestly should be on TikTok, but they mm-hmm. hate doing video, they don't want to do it. So I'm not going to force them mm-hmm. to do something that they truly don't enjoy. Because once you force a client to do something that they don't enjoy, they end up hating their business. Mm-hmm. They truly do. So no. you have to find different avenues. So I would say I start with those two things and then I mm-hmm. build on that to determine, okay, you have a goal, what's the ultimate result that we want? And then my skill set is strategizing how can we make this all come together. And yeah. honestly, you know, you know me, because we're both alike in this area, automating the damn process. Yeah. Like, exactly <laughs> <and> it's, <Yeah. laughs> it's simple for them that it's enjoyable. So yeah. that's my answer to that.
0: No, I love that. And, and I mean, it definitely, um, that definitely makes f- sense for sure. So I know that you mentioned that like, you have a team, uh, people that like, work with you. When do you feel like yeah. that you felt the need to uh, you know, build out a team? And also how many members of your team do you have? And kind of like, how are they helping you?
1: So I have six, well, I had six members on my team and I actually had to let go of two of them last week. So four, and I would say three strong agency partners. So mm. like the four people that are on my team basically kind of more assist me. So they're mm. like my internal in-house team. And mm-hmm. then my other agency partners are pe- are other companies that offer similar services to ours. But mm-hmm. like, I can't take on that many clients, you know, because yeah. we would be overloaded. So we work in partnership to kind of, collaborate on these client projects and get the Mm -hmm. work done for the same price so
0: that makes sense so when did you feel the need to like start building out i feel the
1: need i would say when i started getting too much work honestly i think and that's kind of it it all kind of happened together at once and it was Mm -hmm. when I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching and that's why I kind of, I still do one-on-one, but it's very high level and higher Mm -hmm. tickets. So I take on a very few of those. So I started with doing so many one-on-ones that I I couldn't take on anymore. And I realized, okay, I was really, I was kind of cutting myself out of some income that I could potentially be making because I was trading time. I was trading time for money. money. Mm -hmm. That's when I pivoted a lot into the group membership to create, you know, a wider area for but at the same time, I also expanded at that very same time with my agency, too, because now mm-hmm. I was able to take on more clients, still do the same amount of work, but partner with other people or bring people in-house that I pay occasionally, depending on the client job and the work that needs to be done. Yeah. So just overwhelm I think is when I realized I needed to branch out yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) which
0: makes sense and I I feel like that's where a lot of people kind of um it's either you learn or you struggle with because like some people feel like that they don't want to pay anybody and they want to keep all the income for themselves so they don't end up hiring other people even when they feel the need to um but even like myself like I feel like I get too many clients I'm like I Everything's on pause. I'm not taking any more anyone else. I'm going to reevaluate my situation and see where I want to go moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. If, if somebody, for example, we have an agency partnership with another team that does content management. Now we do mm-hmm. content management, me and the four people that work with me internally, we can do content management in the house. But yeah. like, if we can't handle on, if we can't take on another client, we outsource the work to our partnership team. So mm-hmm. here's the thing, though, if we pay our partnership team, you know, $2,300 a month just to take mm-hmm. on the project and do it all, but we get a 600 to $800 kickback for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. think about that in terms of five more clients that you're getting paid maybe yeah. 600, 800 bucks a month, that compound. So Exactly. I mean, but this is what agency, I mean, I'm not the only company that does this. I know tons of companies that do agency. Of course. And yeah. that's just the way of work today, I think, in mm-hmm. a digital space. I think a lot of companies are starting to realize, okay, let's collaborate with other companies. Let's fill those gaps so that we can expand and scale our business. And honestly, it just works. So. Well, so
0: how do you build that trust there? Because I know, especially Ooh, for me, I, I don't I don't collaborate with a lot of people whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, a no kind of girl. Um, <laughs> so it's like, how do you feel like that you, uh, you know, build that trust with a company to trust them with your it's, client and also, you know, mm-hmm. the financial aspect that comes into play too? Yeah, no, it, it's,
1: it's. It's hard. I'm the same yeah. way. I, I am so like you. I have a huge problem micromanaging, but I've gotten really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a huge problem of letting things go. Um, mm-hmm. cause I just, I want to do it right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, and I know that if I do it, it's going to be done right. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's just how I am. <laughs> so I would say just vetting the person in their mm-hmm. work and, um, I don't know. That's the, that's the best thing that I can go with. Like, I know that there's some people. So for logo design, we have a couple, um, I I love designing logos, but I can't do it all the Mm. time. We have a couple (laughs) of people that we found on Fiverr, right? Just being Mm -hmm. fully honest. So we found a couple of people on Fiverr and that now we work with them all the time. But at first we just had to, we had to vet the work based on the reviews and what we saw and just kind of go with it. Um, I think that it's just a, it's a risk you have to be willing to take. And as far as the pay goes, um, the financial aspect of things. So we, uh, the way I, the reason I love agency partnerships is because you're basically hiring the companies when it comes to taxes, yeah. they're not employees. You yeah. are paying them for a service and they're just teaming up with you on this client. If right? anything,
0: it's a, it's a tax deduction. <laughs> if anything, yeah. no, yeah. it really
1: is. Cause you're paying for a, marketing or service yeah. or whatever. So with agencies, these have been, these have really come in by referral um, or I have been a part of some very high level masterminds where I have been working with people and growing our businesses together alongside a mastermind where I've just gotten to know them really well. And I feel like I can build that trust or things like this, like Clubhouse. Like if I ever had a client that needed services that you offer this year, I would 100% trust you because of the relationship that we've built. Yeah. So there's a risk, but I think- Even though, even though with Clubhouse,
0: a lot of is the real sketchy. How do you, how know. do you feel like- yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's I know what I, you're going to say. Yeah,
0: and that's why I positioned like myself of like just being by myself on platforms like that, just because yeah. like, I, I don't like rooms where there's like a ton of people there. And like, once again, like you said in the beginning of like not even yeah. listening to what the person is saying and just keep going along the room for the numbers. Yeah. And then I also- don't like, it's crazy. Like the some of the people that came out and like had something that was like crazy. I, some of them I didn't even expect and I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell? So mm-hmm. it's like, how, how do you, it's like, how do you feel like you maneuver now when it comes to like Clubhouse and your interactions and getting clientele and partnerships there too?
1: Um, I will be fully honest. I don't work with a lot of people on Clubhouse unless they yeah. just become clients of mine. Yeah. Um, you're one exception and then Michael and <laughs> Jill would be another exception that I... Oh, yeah, I, I remember I, them. I, I love Michael and Jill. Um, there might be a handful, but I I feel there's like a lot of bullshit on Clubhouse, if I'm just being yeah. honest. And I, it's, I already have a problem trusting people mm-hmm. and I know that. But when it just comes to business, I'm just very careful. I'm very yeah. careful. So I, again, it comes down to the vetting. Do they have a website? Do they have testimonials? Does their website look like it's actually put together or it's been put together by a fifth grader? Like yeah. there's a huge... <laughs>
0: or things <about> spelled right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I have spelling errors sometimes. I've, I've, yeah, like, um, I've had
0: I've heard it too, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's a gut. It's a gut feeling. And I've always been really in tune with my gut. And if you feel something's off, most of the time it is. It's just a matter of time before it just surfaces, you know? Exactly. So,
0: This podcast is brought to you by Never Done Branding University, a community of entrepreneurs that are serious about leveling up their brand, sales, and impact. Become a member today and get access to the community to where you can network and collaborate with like-minded individuals, along with joining us for our live short-form video tutorials where I show you how I film, edit, and so much more when it comes to video, and oh, I got you when it comes to marketing and showing you how to use social media to get your ideal customer. of course, you get exclusive video of this podcast. So what are you waiting for? Head over to NeverDoneBranding.club and become a member of the community that is Never Done Branding. Because if you're serious about your business, neither should you. See you in the community. <laughs> so if you so if you were to look uh, like look back at your earlier self of like your entrepreneur journey, and then see where you are now, like. What do you feel like you would tell little Whitney Kay at the beginning of that journey that you may be overwhelmed or upset or stressed or even confused on?
1: It's gonna get better. Yeah. <laughs> that's like all I'm gonna say. Like I don't know what else to say. It's gonna get better. Um, I just think that's such a hard thing to tell yourself because, Monsieur. I mean, my God, mm. I have been through it. I mean, eight years. It was eight. I keep saying eight. I feel like I've been saying eight years for five years. No. However many years ago, three years into moving into Texas, I found myself homeless without a place to live, having to move into a friend's spare bedroom of their house, sleeping on an air mattress for a year because I had uh, so much debt and I was just in a really crappy situation. And at that moment, I was still an entrepreneur then. And I'm like, how how does this look entrepreneurial? Like. nobody's gonna want to work with this like nobody's gonna and what and I shared my whole journey through that mess of my life on Facebook live like it was all out there I shared it all and I would show up and cry I would show up and be happy and I don't understand why people still wanted to work with me but they did maybe it was like a pity pity project or something like (laughs) I'm gonna work with her I feel bad um but I just think that if I would have I would have told myself and I think I did tell myself over and over again, it'll get better. You're you're going to get out of this. There is. I, somebody always said, or somebody said one time to me, and it always stuck with me. Every storm eventually runs out of rain. And yeah. I constantly just said that to myself over and over and over again. And I just got through it. And yeah. right now, even in this current situation, you know, like my husband and I, we sold our house during this amazing market mm-hmm. season <laughs> of COVID and <laughs> in an apartment temporarily and we definitely have the money to buy a house right now, but we're just kind of waiting to see what happens. So I'm in this like yeah. transitional and me and my husband were talking this morning with the dog and Kaylee and me and work and him and all the chaos. He yeah. looked at me and he's like, I cannot wait to be in a house. I was like, me too. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to be back in a house just because we just have a lot going on in a small place, yeah. which I love this place. It's yeah. it's easy and I'm not complaining yeah. But it's going to get better. Like we're going to get through this season. We're going to figure it out and I think that's just what we need to tell ourselves. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long answer. So,
0: winter. no you're fine. So where do you feel like when do you feel like things like kind of like turned around for you? Like within like your situation uh of like moving to um, Texas, like in that in that journey like what was that moment that like was like bam. Okay, things are when, like I when, I see the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, when when okay, so it honestly it came it came when i hit honestly i saw the rainbow when i hit rock bottom like when i found myself in a friend's house on an air mattress bringing my son over and not letting him see my bedroom because i didn't want him to see that mommy was sticking on his air mattress so we had camp out sessions on the couch and in debt i like literally saw i was like okay and network marketing is what pulled me out of it if i'm being honest it wasn't my my own business it was network Mm -hmm. marketing. Because I had an opportunity at my fingertips to make a shit ton of money, excuse my language, but I had uh, the opportunity to make some. (laughs) (laughs) I had the opportunity to make some really good money. There had been people that have done it over and over and over before me.
0: I put my head down and
1: just get to work exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did, and I went from really struggling, making over five figures a month in my network marketing company, and I was like, what, like. How yeah. is this happening? And that's when I realized it wasn't the rainbow as far as, oh, wow, I can make this amount of money a month. It wasn't that. Yeah. It was, holy crap, you have the strength to get yourself out of this. Like, yeah. what are you going to do now? Like, what's next? Like, yeah. what's the next venture that you want to take? Because if you were here and you could get here, mm-hmm. honey, there's nothing you can't do.
0: Hey, yeah, so that's kind like of I-
1: what I told myself.
0: A lot of people just don't take the time to bet on themselves you know what i mean you have to bet on yourself and i've heard time and time and time again of how many people have the same experience with network marketing because it's like yeah. one of those things you're either going to make the best of it or you're going to not do it because yeah it does get uncomfortable you know what i mean like take a, for instance like a look at coach stormy literally she's built her empire yeah. from a, a, um, um, a network marketing company mm-hmm. and then added yeah. her once she got revenue from that she created her own brands so exactly. i feel like. A a lot of people feel like because of ego, they want to have their own business. They want to do this, this, and that. And then they don't want to get uncomfortable with network marketing, but you can really learn skills and things Mm. from network marketing that I feel like that you definitely have within that process. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah. And I think a lot of things too is it's so funny because in network marketing, you're kind of trained to do it their way. And that's not necessarily the right way. If yeah. I'm just being honest. There's a lot of not right things in network marketing. And I think that's why yeah. it gets a bad taste. But I think the people that become successful in that type of an industry realize that they can make their business their way. Now, you yeah. might not like yeah. the way that they do their business. There's a lot of top leaders that I don't like the way that they do their business. But the moment you realize that you don't have to do it their way, you can do it your own way and you can craft, you can bring in, if you want to create an entire team of just women and women alone, you don't want any men on your team. You can do that. If you want to, if you want to create an entire team of, you know, 25 year olds, you can do that. Like (laughs) you can craft your team in whatever way that you want. But I think when you finally find that, that's what then allows you to branch out and create the other brands outside of network marketing because you've already adopted the fact that okay, I can build a business in whatever way that I want.
0: Yeah, I love. So that. I love that. Yeah and you know once again it goes back to you kind of having a mind of your own you know and, mm-hmm. and kind of going to the uh the beat of your own drum but still using yep. the 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 framework and the bones that they at least give you to see the yeah. a, a direction and i think sometimes entrepreneurs that don't succeed is because they don't have any bones when you're building a business mm-hmm. you don't have bones to refer to i think of like when i work in hotels like I have yeah. the brand to refer to as Marriott. You know what I mean? As Hilton, yeah. as IHG to refer to. So I'm yeah. able to sell that brand as best as I know how to. Whereas when you yeah. uh, have a business, if you don't have your brand framework and outlined, how are you going to have the confidence and the will to be able to sell that your brand to someone? You don't have anything yeah. to refer to. So I love how yeah. you kind of take that framework, but then still made it your own. So I have my last segment here uh, on the podcast. It's called it's the branding alert to kind of showcase uh, entrepreneurs, why people love certain brands, don't love certain brands, you know, so on and so forth. So uh, Whitney Kay, what is a brand that you love, any industry, any, you know, anything <laughs> that you love uh, and why?
1: Um, okay. You asked me this before. You asked me this so to think about this for a week yeah. now. And I've been <laughs> thinking for a week and I was like, I can go to Google and look at all these different brands. I can't pick one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the honest
1: truth. I can't, I am not, I'm not a brand junkie. I never yeah. have been. Um, I, mean, I admire yeah. brands. So I'll say a couple of things. So Kim K, I love the way that I love the, the nude tones with her branding. I just love her branding mm-hmm. in general. Okay. I think oh, it's yeah. beautiful, earthy. I just love that. But as far as brands, like there's so many things that go into branding, and mm-hmm. one of the brands that I have been tied to, I think the longest has been HelloFresh, which delivers deliver oh, their I food love that. every single week. Mm-hmm. And the and I sit here and I think, why have I been tied to this company for over oh, two years now? I think it's the longest running subscription I ever company. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was it's HelloFresh, and it comes down to their customer service. Mm-hmm. Their customer service every time has been amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, no matter what the situation is, they are just, they're on it. Like if yeah. you want to, if you want to model c- customer, now another one's coming to my mind, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> whoever, whoever aligned their systems of operations for that yeah. company, Genius. where are you? Can I yeah. hire you? just today. day like it's
0: exactly those
1: three brands but there's again those three things there's customer service there's visual aspect mm-hmm. of a brand and then there's system and operations like Chick-fil-A. exactly like,
0: exactly and a that's the of- whole point of this segment is to kind of showcase on why you know people mm-hmm. like certain brands is it because it's convenient you know I, um, in the before we started the podcast i was telling you how I like Apple and Apple is one of yeah. my favorite brands because of the convenience of my computer, the Apple watch, mm-hmm. the, the phone, the, the AirPods, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And even though, you know, at some point they may just take over the world, you know what I mean? Because of all the conveniency, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> I get it.
1: I mean, I've got my MacBook pro, I've got my iMac, I've got my iPhone, my iPad, my AirPods, my, I mean, it's, my my keyboard, my yeah, mouse—it's it's, it's a whole get up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, and I'm excited for my new series that I have that's going to be coming because of t- outlining that to people of brands yeah. and you know what they really stand for and what's happened. People don't realize that Steve Jobs like left Apple for a while and then came back. People don't realize that there's actually was two uh, like people that are the main running object of you know mm-hmm. Apple. So he there's got so much out.
1: He I like know, kicked out of his Literally. own company. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, people don't realize so how much hit. of an
0: asshole he actually he like really was. Like, but yeah. he knew what he was doing and he went, created a software, and came back and said, okay, I'm gonna utilize this and made it something mm-hmm. that was already existing even better. So yeah. There's so many things that people don't realize when it comes to brands. So that's why I have uh, the branding alert. But Whitney, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Before we close out here today, what would you tell somebody that is a brand new entrepreneur that is just getting started and also anything that you have that may be coming up as well?
1: A brand new entrepreneur that's just getting started. Try it all. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, what I mean by that is try every social media platform and see what works for you. When you hear myself, Nasir, any other entrepreneurs recommend a platform for your business, a product for your business. If you you have the ability to give it a try, try it all because you're going to find out what works for you and what doesn't. And that's just all about entrepreneurship. And then what do I have going on? I just, honestly, I'm going to revert back to my business savvy university. I have That going on at all times, it's a monthly membership and it's mainly for female entrepreneurs. So if you're a female entrepreneur that either is getting started or is seasoned, you can jump in there. I'm all about implementing systems and strategies in your business to make your business and life more simple. And it's just a really fun... Badass community of female (laughs) entrepreneurs that I'd love for y'all to jump in and and join me
0: on. So yeah. I love that. that. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for being here to give me us all your amazingness when it comes to social media and so much more. If you guys want to find more out about Whitney, you can check the show notes for more. Thank you guys so much for another episode here on the Never Done Branding podcast. Remember, my name is Nasir. I'm Never Done Branding and neither should you. (laughs) We'll see you in the next one. I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you made it this far, you're stunning. (laughs) I hope you really got some value to take away to apply to your business and your life. But don't forget to leave us a review because I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. But also, you may just end up being my next community spotlight where I spotlight you here on the podcast along with my social media platforms. And lastly, don't forget to share this with your friends and family so that they can can also get in on the value. Thank you again, and I'll see you in the next one.